Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a great message from one of our guest speakers. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. tell you a little bit about myself. I love that it's called the blessed. Yeah, tissues is always needed. <laughs> I always, um, you know, when, when you sent me the, that it was called the blessed life, you know, I, um, I pondered on it for quite some time because, you know, how often as Christians do we go, God bless you, God bless you, bless you know, and, and I sign off my emails, blessings, <laughs> and we hashtag blessed, you know, and sometimes it can be, look, we can make it look like that the blessed life is a um, successful life. Got the new car, blessed. Got the great job, blessed. But that, you and I know that that's not really it. That's not it. So, I want to tell you when I first walked into church, I was 24 years of age and I'd come from an abusive home life and I obviously picked the first boy that kind of was really, you know, <laughs> it was nice looking and that was all that mattered really back then when you're 17 and uh, not good, not good, but I did that. And um, he was abusive too and so by the time, this is a short version, by the time I got into church at 24, I had no self-esteem, absolutely none, zip zero. And so when I went out the front and I accepted Jesus into my heart, I was expecting, you know, something. But I felt nothing, absolutely nothing. And, but I saw in people things that I wanted, what I would call blessed, that they had a peace that I'd never known. They had life that I'd never known. They had love that I'd never known. I'd never experienced it. I'd never ever heard the words from my parents. I'd never seen it. Everything was a facade. And so I set out to find him because to me, if this was real, this was real, then I wanted to find the author of it. And so I was at every church service, and this is down in Brookvale Days at C3. Be every church service, I was at every prayer meeting, everything I could be in, I was in. And I was a little church mouse that would scurry in and scurry out again. So if someone said to me, oh, Heidi, would you be able to help with tithes and offering with the, being an attendant? I would go, no, sorry, sorry, I, I can't do that. I couldn't stand up in front of anyone. There was no way I could do anything like that. Three years into this search for him, and I was saved, and I was actually speaking in tongues. But there's something more that I see throughout churches around the world that lacks, which is the empowerment. There's more. And three years into my relationship, I got offended in church life. 
Now, I know none of you here would have been offended by anyone here because everyone here looks too good. So I got offended and it was a really good one. And it hurt. And I remember lying in my room and I was in so much pain now because remember, I'd never experienced that love. I hadn't experienced that peace. I hadn't experienced it yet. But I was still coming. I was still turning up. And I remember I just couldn't talk anymore. I was in too much pain. Ever been like that where you're just in so much pain? Just can't talk. And I was writing love letters like David did, Psalms. I was writing to him. And I remember thinking to myself, you know, the, the scripture says, a man reaps what he sows. What did I do, Lord, as a child to reap? And as you and I know, it's a fallen world and I didn't reap, I didn't sow anything to get that. And then I started thinking, well, maybe, maybe you're just not real. Maybe, maybe the Bible, maybe this isn't real. But the thought of this not being real, the thought of him not being real was more than I could bear. And I made a decision that night whether I ever felt his love, whether, whether I ever experienced his love, I was going to follow him for the rest of my days. And I made a decision that night by faith that I would do that. And as soon as I did that, it was literally like heaven opened for me. In, a, in my room, not in a church service, not because someone was laying hands on me, but it was like heaven opened up and the tangible presence of God came down and I experienced His love and I knew that 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 He loved me and no one could take that away from me. And in that moment too, I, not, just, not only did I know that He loved me, but I saw me. Because when you see Him, you see you. When that light comes in, I saw me, a sinner saved by grace. A sinner. Because I was playing out things in my mind. Because I wasn't set free, I was playing out in my mind all the things that had happened to me. So that's what you do. You start going, well, you know... This thing, that pain, this, 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 that offense, this, 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 that attitude, this, this, all these things that all these things that have happened to like this woe is me comes on you. But I was a sinner. I was a sinner saved by grace. And when I saw that, I was so sorry. So sorry that I've that I heard him. I was so sorry. I repented. And not just saying, I'm sorry, but I turned. It's so much so I turned that I like, it was such a turn in me that I positioned myself. I went into church and I positioned myself up the front, on the front row at Brookvale. I dyed my hair white blonde. I was bold as a lion. I was empowered now. I was a different person. There was a change in me. I was not the same. I was not the same Heidi. And anyone would have seen the difference. There will always be a change. When you encounter love and life and peace and the presence of God, when you have an encounter with Him and He consumes you, there will be a shift. And from that moment, that, that now is 23 years ago. And I have been madly in love with Him ever since, madly in love with Him. 
ever since, ever since. There's not gone a day when I haven't longed to be in His presence with Him. Not because of a church service, not because of anything else, because I want to be with Him. It was just to be in where He is. Why? Because you and I know what's there. In Him. In Him. I was so young in the Lord, as in in my um, childlike faith, that I was like, well, if it says in you is life, then in you is life. If it says in you is peace, in you is peace. If it says in you, then everything was found in Him. And you know what? See how I say I never go to the notes. It's <laughs> another story. <laughs> but there was something, you know, with the blessed life that I looked at when I looked at the life of Apostle Paul. Because he was someone that I saw wasn't like one of the disciples. See, the disciples, they got to hang out with Jesus and rub shoulders and and learn and glean and do all that from Him. But Apostle Paul didn't. He got it by revelation. And I looked at this man's life and I, I wanted to know Jesus like Apostle Paul. And I want you to turn to 2 Corinthians. Actually, I might read it from my notes. Second Corinthians chapter six, verses four to ten. Now, this is from a man who penned some of the most wicked scriptures <laughs> from a prison cell, from a prison cell, from a prison cell. Not all of them, but a lot of them. From a prison cell. And he was a blessed man. He said this, and this is what changed my life. Rather, as servants of God, we commend ourselves in every way. In great endurance, in troubles, hardships and distresses, in beatings, imprisonments and riots, in hard work, sleepless nights and hunger, in purity, understanding, patience and kindness, in the Holy Spirit and in sincere love, in truthful speech and in the power of God, with weapons of righteousness in the right hand and in the left, through glory and dishonour, bad report and good report, Genuine, yet regarded as impostors. Known, yet regarded as unknown. Dying, and yet we live on. Beaten, and yet not killed. Sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. Poor, yet making many rich. Having nothing, and yet possessing everything. That one line, having nothing, yet possessing everything. That's how I began having nothing, yet possessing everything. Blessed. Having nothing, yet possessing everything. A revelation. 
a revelation of him, a revelation of his goodness, a revelation that you can be sitting because freedom is a state of mind. Freedom is not never, you know, Paul's, Paul in, in a prison. He's not confined by a prison cell. He's out, he's there writing, saying, I'm praying for you. I'm praying, I'm praying. He's always praying for the church. He's always praying for the people from a prison cell in shackles. I'm praying for you. And he's telling them to rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Saying rejoice from, from where he's positioned is a bit different from me saying it how I am right now. It means a lot more coming from a man in that place. But he had a revelation. He knew him. And he was known by him. And I know him. And I am known by him. And I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. Do I know him enough? No. But I long, I press on, I press in to know him. And let's turn to Philippians 3. Philippians 3. And we'll start from verse 3. You know, Paul knew that, the, that, the, the, that peace wasn't the absence of struggles or trials. It was found in a person. It was found in the presence of Jesus. Philippians 3, starting from verse 3. I love this. I love this. For we are the circumcision who worship God in the Spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. Meaning we know that all that stuff can't make us happy. Though I also might have confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I'm also. This is true. This is a man that had everything in worldly terms. If anyone else thinks he may have confidence in the flesh, I'm also. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews. Concerning the law, a Pharisee. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church. Concerning the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. This man was phenomenal in doing what he was doing. He was smart. He was intelligent. He had it all going on. He had stock. He, had, he, were, he was up there. He was the man. But what things were gained to me? They can't make you happy. They can't do it. They can add but that's not it. Ask anyone who's got a million dollar house. That's not it. Ask anyone who's got the perfect marriage. That's not it. It's not it. So I only found one place. But what things were gained to me, these I have counted loss for Christ. Yet indeed I also count all things loss for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him. No, that word know means to experience him. Oh, that I may know him, experience him. Not just know about, 
but experience Him. Like Adam knew Eve, they experienced each other intimately, that I may know Him. Oh, that I may know Him. Oh, that I may know Him. And the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings being conformed to His death, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, pressing toward the goal. Not that I've already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. It's an upward call. It's upward. And so we press on and we lean in to know Him face to face, face to face. It must be like that. To have the blessed life must be about a life that's pressing on and pressing in to know him. So when you go through the trials, trials will come. He, Jesus told us that. But blessed is the man who, who endures. The Bible tells us that too. There's so many. There were, I counted like over, like there was about 137 like blessed or blessings. About 57 of them were just in the New Testament. The Beatitudes are this astounding. And, and Matt, who, who was Matthew 6, like, Matthew 5, 6, and 7 with the Sermon on the Mount. That, if you just did that, if you just did Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Because he finishes it in Matthew, in Matthew 7. He goes, if anyone who hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him too. Hears these sayings. What sayings? All the, that, that he said on the Sermon on the Mount. All of that. Anyone who hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man. We build his house on a rock. I want to be wise. I want to follow him. I want to lean in. I want to know him face to face. You know that first beatitude? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. I looked up the other translations for it, because when you just say that, blessed are the poor in spirit, we know he's not talking about us being physically poor. Here's one of the translations. Blessed are those who recognize as spiritually helpless. The kingdom of heaven belongs to them. That's the God's word translation. Here's the message. You're blessed when you're at the end of your rope. With less of you, there's more of God and his rule. The Amplified, blessed happy to be envied and spiritually prosperous with life, joy and satisfaction in God's favour and salvation, regardless of their outward conditions, are the poor in spirit, the humble who rate themselves insignificant, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. The new living, God blesses those who are poor and realise their need for him, for for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. I think there's a theme going along there. According to the Keyword Study Bible, the Greek word translated blessed in these passages is makario, which means to be fully satisfied. It refers to those receiving God's favour regardless of the circumstances. And we know that Paul's life epitomised that, without a doubt. 
And you and I can attain that because he didn't, rub, as I said, rub shoulders like the, like the disciples did. He got it by revelation. He was someone who continued to press on and press in to know him face to face, face to face. And we do this through entering in through the secret place. And I know that many of you would already know this and how to do that if you belong to this church. I'm guessing from your pastors, that, from knowing your, your pastors a little bit, that they're people that, have, um, that love the presence of God. And it's not just so we can feel good. It's so we, we can be filled to overflowing and whatever we're, we've got, that's what we give to a lost world. He didn't just die to get heaven in us or get us to heaven. He died to get heaven in us so we can release it on earth. Continually release him. The secret place became real to me all those years ago. And I would say that I would enter in you know, every, every day of my life, it just would be a, a position of my heart. Um, and I might actually do a little practical to, um, I might actually get someone to come up. Could you come up and be Jesus for me? This is, <laughs> would you, it was, who said every time? He's always wanted to be Jesus. Really? <laughs> I get picked on a lot in this place. That's all right. All right, I'm just going to whisper it in Jesus' ear. <laughs> so Jesus is just going to... Um, have a look at Matthew 6 while Jesus is just standing up here. He's behind the door. Now, when we look at Matthew 6 with the secret place, I like with Matthew 6, it actually gives you, when it looks at the model prayer in verse 5, it goes on, you know, with, that, with the model prayer and, and then it gives us the Lord's Prayer. But I look at that passage and I don't, I never just take out one verse. I always look at it in its entirety because it actually tells you how to pray, where to pray, and then what to pray. And I don't think you could actually say the Lord's Prayer, what to pray, unless you've actually done it from a position of where, which is the secret place. Because you won't really care about His kingdom coming, you'll only care about your stuff. You won't care about any of those other things. So, but you, when you pray, go into your room and when you have shut your door, pray to your father who's in the secret place and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Now, how I enter into the secret place, I don't, this is how, what most people do. I always see that and I see that the door is often revolving, that the door never shuts for many people. The door to enter in revolves. So we go in with an issue. We've got an issue that we, and this is what, this is how we can have a blessed life with these trials that do come. The trial hits us. It might be relational. It might be financial. 
It's on our shoulders. And we go in. We're going, Lord, Lord, you know, you know that I've got this and I know I can do all things with you. And, and, and it's bothering you. It's bothering you. It's bothering you. It's bothering you. And, and you're, you're talking to him about it. And, and you're going there and you're going there and you're going there and you're going there. And then time's up. You're, you're finished. And when someone asks you about it, you repeat the same thing and it never really left your shoulders. You don't really have the peace because we never really shut the door of our heart. And how you do that or how I do that is even if, if I'm at home and I start, and often we start and we are walking, if we start walking, you will notice that there's things on the carpet. You will notice that you, in your head that you've got the fifth load of washing to go. If you're a mom, you'll, you'll be going, oh, I've got that fifth load of washing to do. But as you're doing, you know, if you, you'll be going, Lord, I know there's more to this. Remember, if it's not moving you, it's not going to move him. You ought to be real. That's all he looks for is real. And the moment that I actually just stop, stop and be real. In the message, it actually says that. It says, stop the role playing. No role play. And you'll begin to sense His grace. So I stop and I go, Lord, I love you. And the moment I genuinely start to draw near to Him in my heart, He starts to draw near. I love you. Lord, I know I can do all things with you. You're you're the one that gives me strength. And I begin to sense His grace. And I begin to know that He's with me, that I'm not leaning now on my own understanding. I'm leaning onto Him. Because we use these scriptures a lot, but they, they really carry weight. Lean not on your own understanding. All your ways acknowledge Him. He'll direct my steps. He'll direct my path. And I'm not leaning anymore on my understanding on how the circumstances are going to be, how the finances are going to come, how that relationship's going to work out. I'm now leaning on Him. And I can do all things through you who give me strength. I can do all things through you who give me strength. I can do all things through Jesus. He gives me strength. Amen? Amen. And it's simple. It's just like that. It's not hard. It's just got to being real with Him and let Him come alongside. Sorry, I normally have my husband doing this. So, So thank you. Thank you, Jesus. So the blessed life is found in Him. It's just found in Him. It's found in Him. Where we recognise that we are inadequate. We are inadequate on our own. Because if we think that having all those things makes us happy, all the material things or all those things, then we will never need Him. 
but we do need Him. We need Him to have a blessed marriage. We need Him to have that blessed career. We need Him to have that blessed relationship. We need Him to have that the blessed, fine, you know, like everything, everything. I am utterly dependent upon Him and I make no apologies about that. I am dependent and I will always be like a child to Him. I am happy to be a fool for Him. I am happy to do whatever it takes to not lose Him being near me where I know that I know. And yes, it's not feelings, but you know what? He is to be experienced. And that includes feelings. And I feel Him every day of my life. And I never want to grieve that. So I'd like us to stand and if um, maybe the band could come back. You know, something that I've been, that, well, the Lord's been taking me on this journey all year. Because I see signs and wonders a lot, because signs and wonders must follow those who believe. So I see healings and I see things like that. But you know what? The Lord can heal people in a second. But you know what He spends a lifetime on? Our heart. Our heart. A lifetime. Working on our heart. Working on our heart. Keeping our heart soft. With all eyes, can you just close your eyes and look away to Him? Because you, you know, it doesn't matter if you've been in church one day, one week, one year, 20 years. But our hearts can get hard with life. Our hearts can get little calluses on them. And it can stop us from seeing Him face to face. And we're wondering why we can't hear Him or see Him, but the pure of heart see Him. Unless you become like little children, you cannot see the kingdom. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon.